So going back to the story, well, what are the false refuges that the king represents, the king and his entourage represent? Because I think this is quite interesting. I think in a way this is our main, the main false refuges that we look towards for satisfaction. So the first one I'm going to draw attention to is the queen's. Because I think what we do to get away from this sense of dissatisfaction is the kind of first port of call is other people and sexual relationships in particular. So obviously, as a Buddha, Buddha, as a Buddha, maybe I am a Buddha, as a Buddhist, um, <laughs> I think one wonders what I'm going for refuge to, really. Um, as a Buddhist, yes, good. Who does the meta bhavna? I'm not going to tell you that there's something wrong with other people and we should just ignore each other. That's not really the way to go. There's nothing wrong with other people. But what happens is, what we do is we expect too much of other people. We expect them to be a complete refuge for us. And they can't. So in terms of our categories for what we need for a refuge to be worthwhile, a refuge to be security for us, well, the first thing is that another person, they can't be a refuge to us because they're always changing and not necessarily in a direction we want them to change either. So in terms of Buddhist terminology, until one has achieved irreversible insight, there's always a chance that you might fall back. There's always a chance that actually you might fall away from the spiritual life. So until you've achieved what's called stream entry or irreversible insight, you can always fall back. So other people, you don't know what they're going to do. And the more I've lived, the more I've realised that you just never, ever, ever know what people are going to do next. You don't know. And until stream entry, you can't know. They could be really, really gung-ho, ethical, Dharma warriors one minute and down the pub taking ease and going out clubbing the next. You really don't know what they're going to do until they've achieved irreversible insight. And the other thing is they might die, you know. We're not always going to be around forever. So they're not permanent. And in terms of breadth, we expect too much out of each individual person. And I've particularly noticed this with sexual partners. We expect them to be our lover, our mother, our father, our sister, our brother, our best friend, our counsellor, our home handy help. (laughs) you know, our tutor, you know, we expect so much out of just one individual. And they can't satisfy every single need that we've got. They're not big enough. A human being just isn't big enough. And depth. There's a story about Samuel Johnson. He said that he always needed company because he was so afraid that if he was on his own, this enormous melancholy would just take him over and he'd go mad. So he just spent all his time in company out of fear of madness. What we do when we go for refuge and have unrealistic expectations on people is that we expect them to keep on giving. We expect them to take away our dukkha for us, to take away our sense of unsatisfactoriness. But we're not really seeing them for who they are. We're not really seeing them that actually each human being has its limit. They can't take that existential dukkha away from us in particular, that kind of sense of loneliness. Only you can do that. Only you can do that by going beyond the distinction between self and other. Yeah, so in a way, sexual relationships particularly, but also just going for refuge to people, they can't be a true refuge for us. Try as they might, they're not going to be able to be a true refuge for us.